Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Friday, February 24th, 2023. And our top story today, a dynamic duo launches a financial literacy week at the University of Connecticut. Well, joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Nivy Nair and Bridget Abrel are both students at the University of Connecticut. Nitty, Bridget, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you for having us, Jeff. Yeah, yes. Thank you, Jeff. It's nice to meet a, you. Yeah, it's nice to meet you as well and a pleasure. And, and I know I want to get into the, um, the nitty gritty of the Financial Literacy Week that you all are hosting in April in a couple of minutes. But I want to start off, Nitty, if I may, with you, which is your peers. Uh, I know you surveyed many of your peers at the University of Connecticut. When you mentioned financial literacy, how, how, are, how financial literate are members of the, of the community, of the, of the University of Connecticut community? Um, so I started surveying UConn students around two years ago, and now the number of respondents to my survey is close to 400, and the results are not very promising. Uh, less than 40% of my peers can correctly answer three basic questions on interest rates, inflation, and the difference between a stock and a mutual fund. These questions are a lot more simple than they sound. Um, they're just they're geared towards students who study any major, who study any subject in any age range, and they're technically meant for high school students. So it is disconcerting that a lot of college students our age are not able to understand these concepts correctly and apply them in the real world. Yeah, and, and Bridget, this is something that it's not just specific to the University of Connecticut. It's not specific to the to the northeast of the United States. I have to think that in your uh, talking to your peers and maybe others within the college community, this is this is going on across across the country. Yes, definitely. I have friends across many universities. Um, you know, in the country, and my friends are eager like to hear about my project and. I'm excited to see our resources because they don't have this kind of financial literacy education or like this kind of a project going on at their on their campuses. And yeah. same with my University of Connecticut friends, they they're excited to see what this is because they don't really have the time to sit down and just be taught about um, personal finance. Mm -hmm. So they're eager to grow their personal financial yeah. education. Yeah, and, and that's good. I mean, I like that. Um, I, I, personally speaking, I mean, I'm always excited when people want to learn and they want to learn about how to, you know, manage their personal finances. And Nitty, this isn't just like um, managing a checkbook, right? This isn't just like doing a ledger. There, there's a lot more that goes into financial literacy. Yeah, for sure. We're finding out that for a lot of people my age, we've started investing in online stockbrokers like Robinhood or Ella. You might have heard of these apps. They tend to put a lot of that, a lot of their savings and their money into these kind of online apps without understanding what goes on behind the scenes, the kind of concepts that you need to learn to be able to be like an active member of the economy. And we're just hoping to kind of fill in those gaps and 
our project is not meant to be revolutionary. It's just a stepping stone to what we hope will be a long-term financial education journey where students are open to learning new concepts on the fly as they get older and as they start investing more into like Roth IRAs or into their retirement funds. So it's 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 meant to be like the, 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 starting, the starting step to a long journey. So yeah, that's kind of the goal. Yeah, re- really important. And, and Bridget, um, I got to imagine, look, I, we're, we're from, we're different ages and I come from, I'm a Gen Xer, um, had hair when I went to college, clearly don't anymore. But in all, in all seriousness, this financial literacy is a lot different than maybe what your parents experienced or my parents experienced. Different generations experience financial wellness and financial literacy in different ways. Yes, definitely. Um, I would say another thing is that everything is virtual. So for example, we have like online banking apps and there's also access to like, for example, an an app that tells you how to budget. So I think that was one thing that is kind of different between, you know, my parents and myself, because I'm explaining, oh, like this is like our online banking app. And they're like, well, um, do you have your checks for school? And I'm like, well, I don't really... (laughs) Need to bring them because I have this. So I think, yeah, everything's virtual. There's so much more going on now. Um, everything's more expensive. So I think there is kind of a gap in, you know, what our generation and what we as college students are dealing with right now. Yeah. And I want to pick up on, on something Bridget said, Nitty, and then I, I need to go to commercial break. We'll pick up the financial literacy week, week curriculum in, in the, after the commercial break. But let's talk a little bit about the inflation and, and, uh, you, you all are going to school. I think, uh, Nitty, you're graduating this year. I think Bridget's graduating next year. You all have gone to school in some very, during very extraordinary times, the pandemic first, but now inflation, some market events. Uh, that presents a lot of challenges. I mean, that pizza that you ordered late night after going to the, to the watering hole, Nitty, is, is a lot more expensive than it used to be. Mm-hmm. I think it's really scary because you're constantly told that if you graduate during the year of a recession, your lifetime earnings potential is impacted and you're likely to make a lot less money throughout your life because you're entering into a bad economy. You're probably going to get a worse job and that's going to be like a worse stepping stone to your whole career. So I think that the rhetoric surrounding graduating in 2023 is really is really terrifying. Um, I'm lucky because I'm going to grad school straight afterwards, so I'm postponing it a little bit. But <laughs> honestly, it's just procrastinating on what is what is meant to happen anyway. So um, yeah, it is. things are a lot more expensive and people are feeling the pinch. But I've noticed that a lot of people around me are picking up second jobs, third jobs, and, and they are trying to manage school and work at the same time. So I'm hopeful. Yeah, yeah and probably trying to help each other out too. Because I mean, that's what I remember from my youth is... Uh, we're all in the same boat and trying to help each other out. Ladies, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the University of Connecticut Financial Literacy Week. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, 
the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. We hear stories like this about good folks who are simply struggling to pay their bills. Each of them are living a frightening IRS tax nightmare, and they are afraid it will destroy their lives. I'm a divorced single mom, and my ex-husband left me and the kids with a lot of unpaid bills, including unpaid taxes. I was really starting to show my stress on my kids because the IRS had sent me a letter demanding a huge payment from me. I couldn't afford it. So then the IRS was threatening to garnish my wages. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. That would have put me over the edge financially. It truly seemed hopeless, but then a friend at work told her to call the tax relief line. The people at the tax relief line, they told me about something called innocent spouse relief. They worked it out so that all of the taxes from my ex are not my problem. I don't know how that works and, and I don't care. All I care about is that I don't owe the IRS a dime and they are not going to take my paycheck. Even if it seems hopeless, you should call the number on your screen right now. There is absolutely no cost for the call or the consultation. You are under no obligation. If you are worried that the IRS could garnish your wages, seize your assets, even take your home, call us right now. The tax relief line is here to help you. Now you have a knowledgeable, professional team of tax experts that are ready to negotiate with the IRS and fight for you to save you money. The Tax Relief Line's professionals have successfully negotiated thousands of cases, reducing and sometimes even eliminating the tax debt for their clients. It's very easy to get started. Simply call the number on your screen right now. You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free. Well, Nidhi and Bridget, thanks so much for staying with us this morning for segment number two. Yes, thank you. We're excited. Yeah, this is exciting. And Nidhi, let's let's talk about Financial Literacy Week. It's uh, happening, the I think, the first week of April. Do you want to tell us about the, just in general, about the event, 
what, what's going to unfold and, and what uh, potential, potential participants of the event are going to experience. Right. So April is Financial Literacy Week. So we're hosting our um, our week-long events uh, from April 3rd to April 7th. And each day is focused on one particular aspect of financial knowledge that we think is most pertinent towards college students. So we have budgeting, we have credit, we have financial planning, investing, and debt management. Um, and we're trying to have a mix of interactive and lecture style events. So three days we'll be tabling at the local student union for the university. Uh, we'll be there for five hours and we're gonna try to catch people as they walk by on their way to class. And we're going to have them play like interactive games. So for the credit day, we're gonna have them pinpoint what their guess is for a good credit score or what they think goes into a credit score, the confidence of that. And for the budgeting day, we're going to have them download apps like Mint that basically force you to budget every every month, not force you to, but you can choose to budget every month. You can put down your different sources of income, things like that. Um, and our lecture style events are just meant for students who are hoping to get a more in-depth understanding of um, retirement planning, financial planning in the long term, things that you can do to like plan for a family, just a more long term goals that students can can hopefully learn more about. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the plan for April. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like a lot of fun. I wish I could join, especially if you're offering some free cafeteria food, because I know the cafeteria food, by the way, is nothing like I experienced at Hofstra University about 25 years ago. Bridget, let's talk about reaching the student body. I know you have a, a, a marketing background and you're handling out of the marketing around this. How are you reaching out to, to your peers? Um, I, you know, I, I would assume it's through social media and other mediums, but also maybe face-to-face -face as you're passing by each other in the student union. Yes, yeah, so I'm starting off with a Instagram and a link tree. So we'll have um, our Instagram. I'm We're getting posts rolling so that there will be multiple posts a week um, geared towards kind of advertising our event, but also giving students access to resources. So helpful tips for budgeting, um, helpful tips about like, oh, what you should and shouldn't do to maintain a high credit score. Um, so resources like that. Also, we're ha hanging up flyers around campus and um, through meeting people like you, Jeff, we get the chance to kind of share information about our event, which is great. And then also something really exciting that um, I think Nadi came up with it. We really were excited about it, but we created these magnets that kind of have saved the date, April 3rd to April 7th. Um, so we've been sharing those with uh, students on campus, just like passing them out so that you know, they have a little something they can put on their dorm fridge that says Financial Literacy Week, April 3rd to April 7th. Um, here's our logo. Here's a little QR code twirling tree. So that's something we're super excited to like start passing out. And, and we're just and, doing a great job with marketing and we're hoping to reach around 100 to 150 students. Uh, and we're hoping to do deep impact in a smaller group of people because I think that would be more beneficial than trying to reach out to a lot of students and then not doing as good of a job getting our information out there. So, yeah, we're trying to market as well as we can. Yeah, and I, I have to think that the university is 100%. I mean, I, what university, what body of learning wouldn't want their student body to learn about history, writing, math, and financial literacy? So they have to be behind this as well. Yeah, we've had staff from the payroll department reach out, staff from the library. Um, people are just eager to share um, our event with their um, students that they work with directly and their staff. So hopefully the word, I think the word's getting around. So we're excited. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that you're deluged and you're going to have to have not financial literacy week, but financial literacy 
months. Last question, if someone's watching this, they don't go to the University of Connecticut and they want to do something similar, how, can they contact you? Can they reach out? Can they take the template of what you're doing and maybe apply it to their university or their college or their junior college to kind of piggyback on what your, your initiative? Yes, absolutely. And there's so many opportunities out there to get funding for social impact projects like ours. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure if anybody's interested in pursuing, um, there are grants and funds out there, like the United Nations, for example, has also backed our campaign. They backed my research on financial literacy last semester. And in fact, I like both of us combined have won close to $6,000 from different sources to not only initiate this targeted intervention, but also do the research behind it. So there are always ways you can tap into university resources, as well as government resources to be able to initiate your own projects like these. So yeah, reach out to us if you're curious. Absolutely. We're going to put the your email addresses and contact information below. Um, ladies, it's a, it's a pleasure to meet you. Good luck with the event. And look, we're going to check back with you to find out the results. And hopefully it's not 150. Hopefully it's 150,000, although I don't know how big the student body is at University of Connecticut. I think it's a pretty big school though, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. All right, well, ladies, good seeing you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, something you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, and all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website and, of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for BRN Weekly. We'll have some special guests for our secure Saturday segment that we'll take a look back at some of our best segments for the week. You're not going to want to miss it. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.